Hello, this is Pastor Pete Beck III with LifeNet in Burlington, North Carolina. Welcome to today's podcast entitled, The Four Gospel Revelations of John the Baptist. This one is called, The Son of Man. The first three articles in this series showed how John the Baptist announced that Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, the risen Son of God who is Lord of all, and the baptizer in the Holy Spirit, the Lord of the harvest. This article focuses on Jesus' fourth ministry or role as the glorious Son of Man prophesied in the book of Daniel. The first three roles have already been fulfilled, but this last one still waits for its completion. This will be our Lord's most glorious moment in God's great salvation plan, and it will happen at the second coming. Here are John the Baptist's words. But when he, John the Baptist, saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming to watch him baptize, he denounced them. You brood of snakes, he exclaimed, who warned you to flee God's coming wrath? Prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. Don't just say to each other, we're safe for we're descendants of Abraham. That means nothing, for I tell you, God can create children of Abraham from these very stones. Yes, every tree that does not produce good fruit will be chopped down and thrown into the fire. I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God. But someone is coming soon who is greater than I, so much greater that I am not worthy to be his slave or or carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. He is ready to separate the chaff from the wheat with his winnowing fork. Then he will clean up the threshing area, gathering the wheat into his barn and burning the chaff with never-ending fire. That's from Matthew 7, excuse me, Matthew 3, 7 through 12, the New Living Translation. Even though John did not specifically call Jesus the Son of Man, the above passage fully describes his role as the judge of all the earth. Although Jesus' death as God's Lamb was crucial to our salvation, acknowledging his lordship is the criteria Paul gives us for obtaining the benefits of that death and resurrection, Romans 10, 9 and 10. When we confess... that Jesus is Lord, we acknowledge and voluntarily choose to come under his rule, which is the fundamental act of repentance. For the last 2,000 years or so, we have been in the Great Commission phase of God's plan, which the Bible calls the last days. As this epoch draws to a close, we anticipate the fulfillment of Jesus' prophecy that he gave the night of his betrayal, and the miscarriage of justice called his trial. When Jesus stood before the Sanhedrin, whose determined purpose was to condemn him, they asked him if he were indeed the Messiah King of Israel. 
which would justify in their eyes their accusing him of blasphemy against God and treachery against Rome, thereby bringing on the death penalty. Jesus gave them everything they wanted and more. Instead of merely affirming that he was the Messiah, he identified himself as the glorious divine Son of Man prophesied by Daniel. I read from Matthew 26, verses 63 through 64. But Jesus remained silent. Then the high priest said to him, I demand in the name of the living God, tell us if you are the Messiah, the Son of God. Jesus replied, you've said it. And in the future, you will see the Son of Man seated in the right, in the place of power at God's right hand and coming on the clouds of heaven. That's the New Living Translation. Jesus' words referenced Daniel's prophecy about a glorious heavenly being who will sit in judgment over all the earth, Daniel 7, 13 and 14. At this future point in history, which is surely coming, there will no longer be any doubt at all for anyone as to Jesus' true identity. No longer will naysayers claim that he was merely a prophet or a fine teacher. No more will anyone be able to say that he was a mythical person. None will declare that his resurrection was a fable concocted by his misguided followers. At that time, everyone will see him in his terrifying glory. Revelation 1, 7 and 8 reads, Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will wail on account of him. Even so, amen. I am the Alpha and Omega, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. That's from the English Standard Version. Before his return, God has given us the opportunity to clearly hear the gospel call to bow the knee to Jesus, the Lord of Lords. What we do in response to this call is on us and will determine our eternal destiny. One day, it will be too late. On that glorious day when Jesus returns as promised, Every knee will be forced to bow, and every tongue confess who he is. There will be no option. That's in Philippians 2, 9 through 11. Although the Bible says that today is the day of salvation, 2 Corinthians 6, 2, and Jesus continues to show mercy to those who ask for forgiveness, do not think for a moment that he is too weak or kindly to enforce God's justice and wrath at the proper time. Though he is patient, God the Father does not wink at sin or coddle rebellion against his son's rule. There is coming a day of judgment. Those who do not tap into the river of God's mercy by declaring allegiance to the risen Messiah King, the Lamb who was slain, 
will rue their mistake at the second coming when God's judgment comes down like a hammer. The book of Revelation teaches us that we who believe will rejoice in God's just judgment of the wicked. After this, I heard what sounded like a vast crowd in heaven shouting, Praise the Lord! Salvation and glory and power belong to our God. His judgments are true and just. He has punished the great prostitute who corrupted the earth with her immorality. He has avenged the murder of his servants. And again their voices rang out, Praise the Lord! The smoke from that city ascends forever and ever. And then the 24 elders and the four living beings fell down and worshipped God who was sitting on the throne. And they cried out, Amen, praise the Lord. And from the throne came a voice that said, Praise our God, all his servants, all who fear him from the least to the greatest. Revelation 19, 1 through 5, the New Living Translation. Until Christ returns, we preach a gospel of hope for those who are willing to repent and declare allegiance to the risen Lord Jesus. But that gospel contains the warning of impending judgment. God's mercy can only be understood against the backdrop of looming wrath. Just as artists use darkness to contrast with light, the gospel uses the beauty of God's mercy to contrast with the horrors of divine judgment. If God is simply a heavenly smiley face who never judges anyone, our gospel message is farcical. Why on earth would Jesus have to die then? He would be a misguided, tragic figure at best. But in fact, our Lord absorbed the wrath of God on the cross on our behalf so that we will be able to escape it at the last judgment. 1 Thessalonians 5 9. The gospel holds out to us the promise that all who call upon the Lord will be shown the same mercy. This is the gospel that Peter preached, Acts 2.40. It is the gospel Paul preached, Acts 17.30-31. It is the gospel John the Baptist preached, and it is what Jesus preached. We can do no less. <laughs>